Someone once said, you don't create a wave, you ride it when it comes. In 2009, what would go on to be known as Village Church met in my townhouse. 16 people with one question, should we do this? Meaning start a church to reach unchurched, de-churched people in the greater Vancouver area. And if so, what would it look like? The why was clear, to reach people. The details and plan, not very clear. After all, maybe it wouldn't work anyway. We were gonna preach the Bible, tell people they weren't the hero of their own lives, that Jesus was, and call people to live for something way bigger than themselves, their square footage and shiny nonsense that was gonna burn anyway. Things may not go that well. Canada is a post-Christian country. The majority of the 37 million people don't know Jesus, nor do they care much about Christianity. Many haven't even thought about God in a long time. Others are actually skeptical about faith and have reasons they don't believe. Over the last 40 years, that skepticism has spread all across Canada. Churches have emptied and died and become museums and relics of a bygone era. Many people now not only don't believe, but actually oppose Christianity. But what if we could do something about that? What if we could reverse the tide somehow? What if we started a church that was faithful to the Bible and connected it to the lives of real people in the modern world? that spoke to skeptics and believers alike about their worldview and presented Christianity as the best idea in the marketplace of ideas instead of a soft sell? What if we called people to a life with vision? In January 2010, that idea was launched in a small elementary school gym with 50 people. And over the next two years, God showed up in ways that can only be described as miraculous. He created a wave. Even in that first year, God had given us a crazy vision that without Him, nothing was gonna happen. There's a video we shot that year where we laid out our vision to be a church that planted churches and campuses, even across Canada. At the time though, we were only 100 people. The only thing that gave us that kind of boldness was the calling of Jesus on the lot of us. We worked day and night to not just do some Christian things in the world or be a church that gets together, but a group of people reaching out to change and shape culture itself. We didn't want to just make a great church, we wanted to make a great city, make a great nation. In that, the story of Village has always been a story of movement. As we grow, we move. At the school, we went to two services, and then three. We grew to 1,200 people there, and it was still me working out of a Starbucks at this point. We hadn't even hired a second pastor. We moved to the Bell Center in July 2012. It was a good thing we did because that fall, we grew by over 400 people in one week. By November, we'd grown by almost 900 people, and within a year, we'd grown by over 1,500 people. What do you do? We have a saying as a staff, don't tell me people aren't hungry, because we've seen it over and over and over again. Over the next few years, our staff and space was maxed out until we did the biggest thing we'd ever done up to that point, plant a second church location. Different locations, one sermon, one vision, one mission, one church. A lead pastor leading people on mission in that city under the village vision. But could it work? Launch day was over 1,300 people. And in that moment, a multi-site movement was born. In late 2016, God gave us an idea which would change our church forever. We called it Cinema Site. The concept was simple, a full church service in a movie theater, but with a twist. We wanted to push the technology one step further than anything we'd ever seen. The whole service, including worship, on a screen for people to engage in. That way we could multiply this amazing surround experience of worship and teaching at our main site everywhere else that it made sense and even across Canada or beyond. 
June 2017, our first cinema site was born. Most people said it would never work. But we as a church want to always do our best to try anything the Lord might be leading us to do because the risk, we believe, is worth it. In order to reach people nobody else is reaching, someone once said you have to do things nobody else is doing. The results over the last couple of years have been nothing short of amazing. We planted our second cinema site in Calgary, Alberta, September 2017, our first cross-province site, the first step to accomplish that national vision that God had given us. And then Coquitlam, BC in April 2019, and in January 2020, another in Abbotsford, BC. In 2019, out of the total amount of people that attend our church, one third of them attend a cinema site. Amazing. Can you imagine 20, 50, or 100 churches like this across the nation, spreading the gospel, people experiencing the transformation that only Jesus can bring in their lives? We can. It's our vision to plant a village church in the major cities across Canada in the years ahead. Movement in every way. What started as a few people with a passion for Jesus has now grown to thousands of people doing more for the cities that they're part of than we ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. Ministries truly transforming lives. Women's ministry, freedom session, youth, young adult, counseling, prayer, village global and local, alpha, village school of ministry, immerse, financial, kids, discipleship, marriage. Which brings us to this. In 2017, a kind of miracle happened, the kind that projected out makes all of this happen, but for the next 30 years, for a lot more people than ever. We were hitting a limitation, a threat to how we do things. We didn't have a home. We don't have a home, yet. After looking at every possible option and working with the city, we found a piece of property that would be perfect to build a permanent ministry center, a headquarters, out of which we gather, train, do ministry, have the proper technology to expand across Canada through campuses and cinema sites, and maybe even beyond Canada. A place out of which to do church services, do youth ministry, leadership development, be a church planting hub, city services, host conferences, and a thousand other kingdom ventures that we just can't do right now without a home. We asked our church to give $10 million to the land, but we need it in six months. God moved and our people stepped up. Over $10 million was given and we got the land where I'm sitting right now. This is the future, the foundation from which we bless the world. One leader I know always tells me that he loves raising lots of money from his church for projects because of what God does in people's lives. And I can honestly say that after we did this, I agree. It was amazing seeing everybody across all the sites stretch to get us a home. And now here we are at this moment. You see, not only do we need to fuel growth and development across all the ministries we do in each of our six churches, we need to continue to develop people that will be the pastors and leaders of our next 50 churches, to go out as long-term missionaries, fund local projects. We need to build a home. We aren't building a church. Yes, our Surrey location will gather here, but. That's a small piece of it. It's a ministry center for the national and global thing that God is doing to equip all of our sites, out of which we serve 10, 25, 100 churches in the future in cities we don't even know about yet, and the countries around the world that we want to impact. We're embarking on a new chapter, the most exciting yet, the biggest thing by far that we've ever done. 
It will be a state-of-the-art but humble building. It will be something that meets all of the needs that we envision over the next few decades. It will answer all the challenges we presently have as a central ministry. Technology to record all our services presently is set up and torn down every week, which is costly, a lot of work, and is very unreliable. We can't do ministry, host conferences, develop leaders, teach classes, and the thousand other things we want to do without the hub that we need. Now, in a sense, the whole movement, like anything, faces threats to its existence. That's right now. Some are surmountable, but others aren't. Presently, the location where we record, where we do what feeds all the other sites, is held in a school. And that, to be honest, over the last few years has shown signs of being very challenging. In a sense, we're vulnerable for different reasons. The bottom line is, we can only guarantee the next six months. With our present size and structure, that would be, well, devastating to say the least. And I tell you that only because it's true. But the reality is, that isn't gonna happen because we're gonna build this house together. The facility will house everything we need to do for the next few decades. And of course, serve the city it exists within as well. The long-term benefits to building this facility far outweigh not building it. Ministry-wise, yes. The week-to-week -week experience, for sure, but also, and maybe most significantly, financially. Over the next 20 years, building versus continuing to rent is far better stewardship. In some of the most expensive real estate in Canada, it's still worth it. This will change the game. For everyone who calls Village Home, across all our physical sites, yes, but also our global audience, which grows every year. After years of development, it's time. We all share in and are excited about the vision and mission of our church to see people transform into fully devoted followers of Jesus. And it is now time to give the generosity into that mission. Generosity is, of course, a central expression of the life of a person fully committed to Jesus. We really don't get it until we get this part of our life right, the generosity, which is why Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, that's why this is such an exciting time for our church, because we get to be stretched together in a way we haven't been yet. We have a dream to always be a generous church because that in and of itself is a witness to the world. The world will continue to look on at what God does among us and see all the things that don't look possible and yet are happening, including building this home. And all we'll be able to say is the same thing we've been saying for 10 years. Only God can do this. This is where we all join together, all ages and stages and locations of Village Church to step up in ways we can't really imagine right now. As we couldn't imagine when we were just 16 people meeting, trying to be faithful to what Jesus had called us to do, this ministry center will serve to build a legacy of gospel-centered mission and ministry in living rooms, neighborhoods, towns, and cities across our country and even beyond. And that will go on to impact a generation, the generation now and the generation that's following. Now is our time. All right, come on, 10 years. This is legit across all of our sites. Let's give it up 
10 years, Village Church in existence. Man, if you're new, a special welcome to you today. It's gonna be a special day, a celebratory day. I still remember the day, 2007, April. I'm this little, I mean, I'm still little, but little young adult pastor sitting there chilling out in a town called Tawasin in British Columbia out here. And I just thought I was gonna be doing this maybe for a couple more years before I went on to become uh, what I saw in my mind to be a scholar and I wanted to become a professor and be at Oxford because people drive me crazy. So I wanted to sit in a library and read footnotes because footnotes don't do dumb things like send emails that complain about stuff and cheat on their wife. All right, so I was like, this is my dream. And then, oh, I was in a room and a guy got up on stage at a conference and he opened his Bible and he said, you know what God's calling some of you to do right now? To plant a church, to start a church because the only way to change your nation is to plant gospel-centered churches in the major cities. And then you got to reach the lawyers and the media people and the single moms and the doctors. That's how you change an entire nation. And it was like him and I were sitting in the room, totally just the two of us, everyone else blacked out and it was just me and him. And the Holy Spirit was like, he's talking about you, bro. You're going to take your Bible and you're going to tell people about Jesus and you're going to plant a bunch of churches across Canada and do your best to change the nation. And I was like, why? Well, I went home to my wife. I'm like, come here. And she, we had some friends over. I said, come to the bedroom for a sec. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, baby, listen, I think we're supposed to plant a church. And she's like, plant a church? Is that a thing? I thought you just, there were churches. I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, it's funner to have babies than resurrect dead people. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, yes. So we got to start a lot of churches across Canada so that people meet Jesus as an evangelistic strategy. We're into planting churches, not because church planning is a fun thing and that's a goal in and of itself. It's not. Actually, the point of it is it's a method of evangelism to reach people for Jesus. And so we started it. We got up on our church, put a bunch of people on stage, 16 people, and said, we're going to go plant a church out in a place called South Surrey. And we grew from my little house of 16 people. We started talking about meet, people meeting Jesus and a gospel vision. And then 50 people gathered around the vision. And then we got into a little elementary school, as the video talked about. And we started telling people about Jesus. On launch day, there was 160 people there, just from excitement alone. It was like, let's do this thing. They came, and, uh, and we grew it week two to 100. It was amazing. Then we grew it from there to 90. And I was like, wow, this is going really well. Soon I'm not going to be able to eat. But then people started meeting Jesus. People's marriages started to get healed. People started to get off addictions. People started to get baptized. And this kind of uh, snowball started to go. And then we were kind of in this little room and it was random. We had to go to two services and then three. And then this thing started growing and we started having to get staff. We got our second pastor and we were 1,200 people, which is not a good ratio or healthy. And the rest is history. God has done this crazy, amazing thing. And that was 10 years ago right now, this Sunday that we are celebrating. So all of that, combines now with this need, this vision that we have that we've arrived to. So both these things combine, both the 10-year celebratory anniversary and the bigger than us 
vision, which is to get this building, the final phase of Village 2021. That's what we called it two years ago when we started. The first phase was to make sure we could secure some land, which actually took a while in the city of Surrey where we are, where real estate is actually kind of a big deal, and it's hard to get land in these places. And so we prayed and we thought, and God gave us this piece of land we never could have imagined. And so we said, we got to get this piece of property. And we said $10 million in six months, and people gave it. And nobody, money hasn't been raised that fast where we're from in a long time, especially from a Christian ministry. It's all the Lord. And you guys felt it. You're the ones who gave it. You gave it. So here's what I want you to do across all the sites. Give yourself a hand. Honestly, celebrate. Okay, maybe not yourself, but celebrate the guy beside you. You gave $10 million in six months. That's called generosity. That means Jesus Christ got a hold of your heart, not just in what you say, not just in the songs that you sing, but your money. And the reality is, here's what Jesus said. Here's the big idea for today. As we enter this final phase and we realize there's this massive amount of money to give, that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. He combines what you actually love, like in the secret place where no one can see it, and your treasure, your money, the stewardship of your resources. Those two things are connected. And today we're going to talk about how they connect in a big way. Because if Jesus gets a hold of your heart across all of our sites and every person listening, even online, and you've been positively affected by Village Church at all, then we will be able to pay for this building because this is the next phase. We need to get a building. As one person I met with, met with me down in the city, he said, you need a home. You need a headquarters. Why? Why would we need a home? Why would we need this building? There's a ton of reasons, but they're all based around ministry. They're all based around evangelism. See, when we're into building buildings, we're not into building buildings. We're into building lives. We're into building into people. The Great Commission is to make disciples, math they taste, learners, people who think and look and feel like Jesus, who not only change what they do, but what they want to do. And so we've listed out a few reasons for you about the big whys of this building. The first one is to actually impact ministry, meaning we do two dozen ministries as a church across all of our sites. The reality is we have to adapt a bunch of those ministries around and kind of retrofit them around the spaces that we've been given. A building will allow us to be able to do those ministries better, not only in the Surrey location. I'm talking youth ministry, uh, women's ministry, discipleship ministries, but not only here. It resources Langley South, Langley North, Calgary, Coquitlam, Abbotsford. We got, we got two people in the pew who want to plant. One in Toronto, and he might be able to plant a couple of churches. One in Winnipeg. We have people coming to us from different cities saying, I talked to a guy the other day. I was in Edmonton speaking. He said, what about Edmonton? I said, gosh, it's cold here. Let's not do that. But he was like, I want to. And then a guy from Saskatoon. God is moving. And so what we've got to do is be able to do the couple dozen ministries we do now, freedom, do them better. Take what we do now, village kids, everything, and do it better, not only at one location, but also across all the sites, taking what we do and doing it better. The reality is it's going to have more churches supported and planted. We're going to become a flagship for church planting across Canada. We already have people come to us and say, can I plant a church with you? Can I plant a campus? Can I start an evangelism ministry? Can I start a women's ministry? Can I start a youth ministry? We don't have space, present office space to be able to actually house them and help them. 
We need a place. It's going to be a place where we can actually gather. Yes, for Surrey, we need a place to actually gather. It is presently our, our, our biggest site, but 60% of our total church goes to the Surrey site. But the reality is they gather and we right now meet in a performing arts center where our presence is, as I talked about in the video, there's a bit of a threat. We meet in a public school and we all know the public schools are shifting their philosophy on all kinds of different things. And to be honest with you, we have a contract with public, the public school that we gather in that only allows us to stay for six months if they say, okay, listen, we want you out. We have six months to find a home. That's not gonna be easy for the amount of people that attend that site. It would basically be over. So we've got to actually have a place to gather, a spot where we can gather people, have community, have ministry outreaches to the city, but also to be able to house all of the technology needed to then resource all the other sites, all the way to Calgary and Abbotsford and Toronto and Coquitlam and Langley North. And let all of you are resourced from what actually happens every single site, whether you're a cinema site or you're Langley South or Surrey here, the reality is it is housed through what happens through people setting up all the technology, the, the, the equipment that's needed. Right now, we come, the guys all come in here at 5.45, 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. Wires get tangled. Things get detached. We have to preach these sermons sometimes twice because something came detached and I got to do it again, sometimes to nobody, which is a fantastic crowd, right? But the reality is we're trying to do all these things. When we start showing production people around what we do on a Sunday, they show up early at all of our, our mobile sites, our, 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 our actual um, uh, broadcast sites, in Surrey, and they come and they go, I can't believe you do this. Every single week you do this, this, the stuff you bring in on trucks, it is a threat. And for those of you who think everything's just fine, you're romanticizing it, and I can almost guarantee you you're not the ones here every single Sunday morning at 6 a.m. trying to make sure wires don't fall apart and sweating, make sure Mark doesn't get mad and get fired, right? That's not gonna be you. And yes, we fire volunteers. The reality is you can't romanticize that. What we need to do in the next 30 years necessitates us to have a locked room where we can take the technology, take what we need to do to make your experience better in regard to preaching, teaching, worship, but also the conferences, the leadership development we can do, the development of, of, of being able to have young adult conferences, women conferences, church planning conferences, marriage conferences. These are all passions, things that I sit and whiteboard out that we just can't presently do. There's a hundred ministry ideas that I come up with and my wife comes up with and the leadership team comes up with. A bunch of them, we cannot. You know, my buddy in Boston runs a Thursday night church service that reaches people for Jesus. My other buddy reaches people on a Monday night. They do a Monday night uh, service. Saturday night, Sunday night. All of the options, we can't do any of them because the spaces that we rent don't allow it. These are the whys Lastly, it's cost effective. We sketched out, is it best to just continue to lease the buildings we have right now? And when you sketch it out, you say lease versus buy. In the next 20 years, it's way better to buy. In fact, even if we were to go out and get a mortgage for mil tens of millions of dollars, we would actually pay the same amount 
simply servicing that mortgage, which is a good thing because of course you own it in the long term, as we presently do just giving money to rent for the Surrey spaces that we use, for office space, Sunday gatherings, and also youth spaces and young adult spaces. You take all that away, it's the exact same amount of money if we took out a mortgage for $20 million. So the reality is it's far more cost-effective to actually do it this way. And so these are the whys. We build not because we want a building. We build because we want to actually build lives. We want to reach people for Jesus. We want to leverage technology properly. We want a house. We want to build a house, a house of the Lord to worship him, to dedicate to him so that your kids and your grandkids can meet Jesus. And there's a legacy. This is what God constantly talks about in the scriptures, that if, if there's a spiritual reality, that it's connected to a material reality, as we're going to talk about. The reality is when God starts to move like that, we need to, you know, every church that you see on every street corner, Every church you've ever walked into. You know what happened to that group of people? At some point, there was a group of people living at a certain time that had to sacrifice some stuff in order to build that church. They had to come together, raise money, do a campaign like this in order to build that church, and they did it. This is our time. For such a time as this, God has given you in these chairs and the business relationships you have and the network relationships you have, that now we're to all get up, rise up and go, okay, we got to give into this thing because the why is huge. That we believe that heaven and hell are real things and that most of Canada is going to a Christless eternity and that it's, there's an urgency that we, you and I have 15 minutes on this planet to actually make an impact. And the why is to make sure as many people as possible meet Jesus and use this resource in order to do that. Now, what are we actually building? I wanna show it to you. You saw a little bit in the video, but this is really the first unveiling of what this building looks like. You can see the building. That's a, a road called Highway 10. For those of you in Calgary, you might not know it. And it's looking southward down on the building. And the reality is you can see that there's this space that's very active, even at night. And tons of cars, hundreds of cars, thousands possibly drive by this building every single day. This is like a city on a hill, guys. This is not some buried, bricked up thing where everyone goes, whoa, that's a cult. I wonder what's going on there. There must be people walking around with capes and beaks on, sacrificing. No, this is exposure, man. This is, we, here's an invitation to the world. Come see, come look what we're doing. That space that you see, it's an active space. So that's the busy space. It's the space where ministry is being done six, seven days a week. People are driving by it, looking and seeing. There's an invitational aspect to this beautiful building. The reality is you have a space that says you're welcome here. You're invited here to see what God might do in your life. There's a uh, exterior shot, which is a day shot that looks north and that's the main entrance. You would park and you would come in through that door. So that is it. You're standing in the south there and you're looking north up at the building. This beautiful building with exposure. You can see glass up there. That's a kid's wing I'll talk about in a second. And the auditorium is to the right side if you're looking at the building. And then you walk into that main door and you're in the foyer where you can connect 
into, you, you can see uh, there's the youth space. It's a, a space on the, on the left side where there's, uh, you can gather and you can do worship services. You can collapse areas down to create smaller spaces. On the right side, you can see a whole welcome desk area. There's a cafe. We're going to build a whole cafe where people can hang out and connect. An actual foyer where people will have time to connect with one another to be able to build community, to be able to actually have people. Know. Because oftentimes, see, it's true what they say. One of my mentors, Larry Osborne, talks about the idea that people will show up because of, a, of an opportunity, but they stay for the relationship. It's the same about church. People might show up and, they, and every mentor I have that has had to build a church and build a campaign, what they say is whatever size you are right now, and whatever cost that you incur right now, you have to understand, just by building a building, you're going to grow. Just by building a building, people are going to come to that stability. And you will grow by a certain percent over the course of two or three years. And over time, whatever debt you may incur, they actually start to help pay it off. And that's because there's a, there's a stability to it. There's an invitation to it. And this foyer is a kind of place where community is built. And then you can see the auditorium. The auditorium, you can see outfitted for worship, but also for capture so that all of you mobile sites are actually getting the quality, the thing, the spirit, the unction that happens in that room is then translated as we move it around. And then there's another view where you can see from the stage out to the auditorium. You can see the seats and don't see seats, see people, see souls, see you, see your kids, see your grandkids, see a legacy of people people that have been transformed, discipled, changed for Jesus. There's about um, 13, 1400 seats in that auditorium so that we can fit more people, do multiple services. Uh, because of that amount of people, we actually have to do one or two layers of parking, parking garages. Uh, and so that actually drives up the cost a little bit uh, of the building. We're not sure exactly how much, but somewhere in the vicinity of 10 to $20 million actually of parking. Because when you put that many people in a room, then the city says, okay, you got to have parking spots for them. So we worked with them around every possible area. And this literally is the best design to fit the most amount of people, but in a humble way way so we don't have to do a hundred services but it's also intimate enough we didn't want to build some 5,000 seat thing we don't want to do it we'd rather do multiple services because missionally the more opportunity you give the more people opt and so then there's uh, the second floor has all the village kids stuff and it has all the classrooms all that you can see the family connection area there wide open space to be able to connect hang out check your kid in new family check-in and so on. All the classrooms up there, all the office spaces on the third floor. There's a rooftop terrace, this beautiful rooftop terrace. When you're looking down over South, you can see Mount Baker. And the reality is, this is a spot where we can actually hang out between services, where we can um, do events up there. You can, we can actually rent it. There'll be weddings and wedding receptions, all kinds of beautiful, amazing events and programs and discipleship things that we can do from this place. The reality is this building is a, a, a symbol of invitation and development that you, it's a headquarters, a space out of which to do ministry that we presently don't have, that we've dreamt about ever since we're all sitting around my house saying, what are we gonna actually do? There's a leadership development that's gonna happen in this space. It's a community-minded space. If you, um, you see the brochure that all of you should have, 
We talk about this in the brochure, the idea that it's a community-minded hub, that we integrate technology, it's ministry-minded. The idea right now behind uh, being ministry-minded was I was talking to our uh, um, Freedom Session director the other day, and there are times when we're doing Freedom Session. Thousands of people go through Freedom Session every year in, uh, in Canada. And the reality is we have 1,200 people just at the Surrey site that have gone through Freedom Session, this program that just liberates people in such amazing ways. And presently, when we do it there, um, we have people that are needing to meet to deal with deep issues of life and they actually sit around the desks of our staff. They actually come into my office. I need to make sure on Tuesday nights that all my stuff's put away in a drawer because people taking Freedom Session are sitting around my desk talking about their problems, sitting around the youth desk. There's no lockdown really office space because we have to use our space presently for ministry purposes. This building is going to eliminate all of that because we're able to see the things now and actually build a building that suits those needs. That's the reality. And so... The why is clear. The what is exciting. The what gets me pumped. This beautiful space, this home, this headquarters, this ministry center out of which to do what we're going to do. And so now the question is the how. How are we going to actually accomplish this? Well, you can see the first time we did this, it was a $10 million ask, a $10 million phase, a $10 million campaign. This time, the whole project's $50 million dollars to be able to build this, about 108,000 square foot building. We eliminated every single thing we didn't need in order to get this space and we're gonna use every square foot of it. We are campaign, we are looking, we, are, we believe for $30 million. We're praying in, we're looking to you, the church. $30 million is the goal for this final phase of this ministry. Now that sounds like a lot. And for the regular Joe, it is. But this is why the brilliance of the church is that, see, Jesus taught, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago in the sermon. Jesus said, I will build my what? My church. I will build my what? Say it. I will build my church, right? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against a collective. It's not the, indi the individual is vulnerable, it's the collective, the ecclesia, the gathered, the community. That's the thing that has the power. And that's why we do it collectively. That's why if you're somebody, I remember in the first campaign, there was a woman, she came, and this is a beautiful part about raising money and doing all this, is what I love about it, is the amazing stories that starts to happen of God's provision when we step out in faith. $30 million is a big number, but we have to believe, as Hebrews 11 talks about, that Abraham left his country by faith to do this. Moses did this by faith. Uh, uh, Rahab did this by faith. Joseph did this by faith because they believed in something they couldn't see yet. Is that you? Are you willing to, to go, oh my goodness, this is what God's telling me. And there, in the first campaign we did, there was a lady, she came up to me, she said, listen, all I could afford to give uh, one particular phase of this thing. I didn't have any money. And I said, Lord, what are you going to ask me to do? And I wrote a check for $1,500 that I didn't have. And she said, I gave it. And I literally went to, uh, she was a teacher. She said, she went to school on the Monday. And she said, never had this happened in her life before. Um, the, her, her boss gathered the staff in the room and said, okay, everybody, uh, just so you know, I have checks for all of you from the government, which is rare. The government's handing us money. And hey, they wanted to give you something back, blah, blah, 1,500, the exact amount of money she wrote a check for came back to her the next day. 
I heard stories where people couldn't sell a property and they were like, you know what? I'm going to give $200,000 to this. That was their scale. And every one of us has a different scale. And they said, we can't get rid of this house that we've been trying to get rid of. I've been praying about it for two years. It's cold. It won't go anywhere. But Lord, I got to give into this 10 million. I got to do my part. I got to do my percentage. I know what I'm worth. I know what I have in the bank. I know what my assets are. And so they said, we got to give $200,000. They said, Lord, we're just going to trust this. We're going to check for $200,000. Literally a week later, that house sold. Now, I'm not telling you math equations. Or I'm not telling you you're going to buy your way out of a tough situation. What I'm telling you is you get close to Jesus and he starts to rile your heart up for the generosity that you're going to bring to this. And this $30 million is doable. It is in this room. It is in the rooms. It is in all the sites. It's in the networks and the friendships and the relationships we have. It's in our global audience. If you're affected by this ministry, this is the time. This is in the hearts of people who some of you have wealth and you might be excited about doing a matching piece and saying, you know what? I'm able to give a million dollars, but I'm going to give it only if it gets matched by other people or five million or whatever. You can see the list. We're all on the list somewhere. The bottom of the list, these are lead givers. These are people who can give a million dollars a year for three years. So this campaign isn't six months long like the first one. It's over the course of three years. So now you can relax. Oh, okay. I thought you were asking for a million. Like now, listen, we'll take it. But... This goes over three tax years, all right? So maybe you're on, on the bottom of this list. It's an inverted uh, uh, triangle where we need two gifts of a million dollars per year for three years. And maybe that's you. And you're like, yep, that's the category I fit in. I can give $3 million to this over the course of three years. But then you let us know now and we're able to leverage that and use it as a matching fund maybe. Others of you are at a $250,000 level. And you go, so you know what? We need four gifts. Now, these aren't like, okay, we got the four checkbox. We need more of this. I mean, ultimately, we need 50. I mean, this is, this is the math on 30. And so what we need is four people to give $250,000 per year for three years. And we go down the list, six gifts of $150,000. Maybe that's you. You're like, I can give 150 grand every year for three years. I know I can do that. Now, what we're, and we go all the way down the line. All the 300 gifts of $2,500 per year. Maybe you're 5,000, maybe you're 10,000. Maybe you give a big lump sum now. But here's the thing that we see. And all my uh, mentors who've had to raise money, I have a mentor in San Diego who had to raise $30 million for a building, just like this. I have another mentor who had to raise 70 in Washington, D.C. Another one who had to raise 50. The money is there in the kingdom of God. It's a question of opening our hands to the kind of generosity and watching the Holy Spirit move and do miracles among us that are going to be crazy. And we will highlight those stories. And they are going to come. I believe, I believe this money is among us. I believe it's in the networks. I believe it's in the friendships. I know people who don't even go to our church who have said, there was um, one gentleman, he, he, he wrote a $50,000 check into the campaign recently. And he said, listen, I have a bunch of young kids, 20s, 25, 19, all walked away from the Lord. Couldn't get them back to the Lord. And then one of them showed up at one of your village sites and they met Jesus again. And so they brought their brother and then the other one brought, and before I knew it, all of my kids were back engaged, worshiping Jesus and following him. And I can do, I'm, I'm mobile. I, I, I'm nowhere where you even have it, but I have nothing but to do, but to, but to thank you, to show my gratitude, to say here, I want to invest. It's, all of this is giving, yes. All of it is sacrifice, yes. 
but it's also investment in the kingdom. This is eternal stuff. This is stuff that lasts forever. This is why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he's talking to the Corinthians. We did a whole series called Masterclass on this. But he talks about the idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. He's talking about how people are doing spiritual work. And then he's talking about what we give to that financially. And he has this very interesting verse in verse 11. He says, if we have sown spiritual things among you, meaning we pastors he's talking about at the time, is it too much if we reap material things from you? And the point is, he's saying, I want to connect the spiritual investment that, 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 that the church does. And now he says, is it too much to say now we need to provide material for it in its time of, in its moment of vision, in its moment of movement. He connects resources, money, material things with the spiritual investment that they've made in our life. That's what he's talking about. Last time we had 1,600 giving units give in to the $10 million. But we even from a yearly tracking, know that we have about 3,000 giving units across our sites. That means some of you didn't give into the 10 million or some of you didn't give enough into the 10 million. We had a gift of a million. We had a gift of $500,000. We had a gift of $1.5 million. That covered, those were, think about the generosity that's there. But that means that they might have covered off some of you who didn't give anything. Now is your time to be able to do the kinds of things that we want to do in the next 30 years. This is about your spiritual life. You know, in the Bible, the only time God says, test me, is when it comes to money. And he says, listen, you can test what I'm going to do. Because here's the thing, I've already shown you miracles. Don't you have faith that I'm gonna provide for you crazy resources? Stuff that you couldn't even, like, guys, think about it, it doesn't even make any sense that this church works. I mean, the fact that you're watching this on video right now, I have Tourette's syndrome. I, I tweak my face around, my body tweaks around. This never should have worked. Listen, when I go through stressful times, uh, I, I, I do weird tics. And when we were planting our church, I was going through this super stressful time in my life. And my tick at the time was to like kiss the air. It was like, all right, I used to do that. Like, that's silly. And I used to sit around with the lead team and be like, hey guys, do you want to plant a church? Now, if you were a part of that team, do you think this is going to work? 10 years ago with 16 people, this guy's kissing us every two seconds. Ain't going to work. No one's going to meet Jesus. This whole thing is a miracle start to finish. And now... We respond, as Paul says, with material things. Now we give, we, we sow, we invest into this amazing thing that God is doing and we're gonna see him move. Now, here's what we literally need from you. We need you not to just come up with a number because that would be in the flesh. We need you to stretch. We need you to think about this in regard to spiritual life. And so there's four steps to this. The first one, it was we need you to pray, right? This is on the back of your pledge card, if you have it. Everyone take those out across all the sites. Yes, I can see you there, Langley South. Take your card out, all right? There's a pledge card. In the pledge card, there's four steps. The first one is to pray. We actually want you to do that. Don't even come up with a number. Don't walk out of here and go, I know what it's gonna be. We want you to actually pray and ask God, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to give to this? How do you want me to actually invest in this? 
Is there stuff I can sacrifice? Because this isn't just maybe just cat. This is, people were creative and there's creative ways to do this. This is stocks that people have. This is real estates. This is assets. These are things that we have that we can say, you know what? And that happened in the first campaign. People said, you know what? There's stuff that I can trade in. There's stuff I can cash. There's ways I can work this to be able to give more. They found out that there were certain tax credits. When you give to these things, you get tax credits. They're like, oh, okay, well then actually I can give more. And all that information is on the website that I'm going to be talking about. But the reality is we want you to pray. Ask God, what do you actually want me to give? And then secondly, we want you to examine your financial situation. Look at all the assets, all your opportunities. And again, we're projecting over three years. So it might not even be just now, but it's like, okay, next year I'm, I'm expecting this two or three years from now. And then discuss it. Discuss it with your loved one. If you're married, you should probably talk about it, all right, with your spouse, all right, with your wife, with your, with your husband, with the people who are closest to you. Maybe you pray in your community groups about it. You pray with your friends and close loved ones. And then we need you to pledge it, to let us know, to actually go to the website, village2021.com by March 1st. So we're gonna give you a month, a month to be able to pray, discuss, evaluate, and pledge now, of course, it can change. It can increase or whatever it needs to do over the course of, you know, a, maybe a year it's different or whatever. The March 1 is just a, it's a goal so that we can plan properly. If we don't hear from you, we're not able to plan what our next steps are, what we can expect. But if you, by March 1st, go on that website and you say, here's what I'm going to do. I found myself on that. I am in for $225,000 per year for three years, or I am in for $1,000 every year, or I'm in, I want to be one of your lead gifts, and I want to be able to give a matching of, of a million or two or three, whatever it is, we need to know. So you need to pledge it. And so you need to pray, you need to discuss, you need to examine what you have and the potential of what you have. And then in faith, pledge by March 1st, right? On the website so that we know, village2021.com. And let us know, here's what we're going to do, because then we start planning, and we're able to project, and then we can start to get a shovel in the ground. This thing is designed and ready, but we want to be able to take the resources that God has given to us and actually put them toward what's going on here. And so we actually already have $2.4 million in the bank that are going to go toward this 30 million. The roll, the ball is already rolling. Now we got to step up and start feeding into it to see this thing built. Let me pray for us. Father, we are grateful you have brought us here 10 years. And now we get to be at this moment where this is indeed bigger than us, bigger than any of us as individuals, even bigger than us as thousands of people across these six locations and all that people listening online. This is bigger than us. But I pray that you take everything we've got, all the energy, all the resources, all the assets, all the future, all the faith, and that we would be able to examine what you have for us and pledge this thing. And we would see this house of the Lord built for your purposes under Jesus. So that in the short time we've been given, we can do what you asked us to do. Make disciples, storm the gates of hell in the short time we've been given so that we can have a legacy, a spiritual legacy that is beyond just shiny things that we bought ourselves, more influence that we had expanding the physical assets on this planet. You don't mind that we do those things. You want us to enjoy those things. These are gifts from you, from the Father in heaven. Every gift comes down from the Father of lights, James says. 
But then you want us to invest in the eternal reality. And you said, Jesus, those are the things that, 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 that rust cannot destroy, that people can't steal, that moths can't eat. Let that be our greatest treasure and let it drive everything we do for the next three years financially. Let this take over our thinking. Let this not just be an aside. Let this be the center because this isn't about giving it to a church. It's about giving it to you. And then we're going to give it to you and you're going to take like those loaves of fish. You're going to multiply it out 30, 60, and 100 fold. We believe you for that. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak even now in this room across all these sites. Everyone listening, you would speak and make it clear and move them with passion and inspiration toward what you have them for. In Jesus' great name we pray. And everybody said together, amen. Why don't we stand together as we respond and worship across all of our sites?